1: Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladaris. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central.
2: From the most trusted journalists at Comedy Central, it's America's only source for news. This. It's the Daily Show with your host Michael Costa.
1: Welcome to the Daily Show. I'm Michael Costa. We have a great show for you tonight. We're going to talk about Michigan's commitment issues. The Supreme Court debates how much gun is too much gun, and the worst thing to happen to Willy Wonka since Johnny Depp. So let's get into the headlines. (laughs) Let's kick things off with the Supreme Court, where the nine justices sat down today, and after Clarence Thomas put out his tip jar, they heard arguments on whether it should be legal to essentially turn ordinary guns into machine guns.
3: The Supreme Court is hearing arguments on bump stocks. The attachments
0: functionally turn semi-automatic rifles into automatic weapons. Donald Trump banned them in 2017 after the massacre at a Las Vegas music festival where a shooter aiming from a hotel room fired 1100 rounds in just 11 minutes.
1: Everyone agrees that machine guns can be banned. And the arguments here hinge in part on the very technical issue of exactly how bump stocks work and whether their mechanism fits the definition of a machine gun under the law. The justices really grappled with that today, and what we heard was broad agreement that preventing guns from firing hundreds of rounds per minute made a lot of sense. But there was
4: disagreement about whether the ban was justified by that machine gun law.
1: Hold on, the Supreme Court is trying to decide if that gun is a machine gun? Look. <laughs> I'm not a machine gun expert, but if a gun makes you go, (laughs) that's a machine gun. The court spent all day throwing around very technical questions about trigger functions versus trigger pulls to determine what a machine gun is, but I'd like to suggest we approach this case with my new legal theory. It's called looking at something with your f***ing eyes. For instance, if a gun can fire... (laughs) Yeah. If a gun can fire 5,000 rounds a second, you can debate firing mechanisms, or you can look with your f***ing eyes and see that it's a machine gun. Are the shells flying out of the gun at a machine gun rate? Look with your f***ing eyes. It's a machine gun. And this doesn't just stop with guns. My legal theory can be applied to all sorts of issues, like IVF. Okay? You could debate viability or conception, or you could just look with your eyes and see if this is a cluster of cells in a Petri dish not a person okay do I have to take do I have to take this Petri dish to the playground and give it snacks all day no then it's not a person I've seen sourdough starters more alive than that No, but no. The conservatives are saying it's not about how it looks. There's a very specific trigger mechanism. Blah, blah, blah. They have the same approach to guns that snobby liberals do to wine. Unless it comes from the machine gun region of France, it's only a sparkling (laughs) rifle. (laughs) Look, I don't even blame gun nuts. I blame the forefathers. They should have been clearer. The Second Amendment is only 27 words you think they'd put a bit more detail into the amendment that gives killing power to everybody. Didn't they just? But no, they just did 27 words. Even the amendment that gives women the right to vote is 39 words. Okay? <laughs> that could have been three. Women, be voting. Done. <laughs> All right? But, yeah. Let's move on to a country that doesn't have gun problems. Scotland. Don't get me wrong. They have equally big problems of their
4: own. Now to furious parents in Scotland who thought they had scored a golden ticket to an amazing Willy Wonka experience, but instead wound up with something closer to the fire festival. A new event in Glasgow. Willie's chocolate experience. AI-generated images promising a whimsical day for kids with an enchanting garden, live performances, and character appearances, including Oompa Loompas, all for about 45 bucks. Instead, a near-empty warehouse, a bouncy castle with wooden tables set up, some janky props of candy, reports of kids crying.
2: You paid money, there's children here.
4: One actor who played Willy Wonka and described the event as a place where dreams went to die. I hate to say it, but if you're an actor who's
1: playing Wooly Wonka in a warehouse, your dreams probably already died a while ago. <laughs> Look, I don't know why everyone is so upset that the kids were traumatized. Have you seen the movie? Trauma- Traumatizing kids is the authentic Wonka experience. They should just be thankful they didn't have to get rolled out. Oh, I'm sorry, you had to drink a plastic cup of lemonade? Violet Beauregard has to buy three airplane seats from now on. <laughs> People are comparing this thing to the fire Festival. Come on, guys. It's not the fire Festival. For one thing, none of the parents offered to suck an Oompa Loompa's d*** for a bottle of water. (laughs) But I do get why the parents are upset. They marketed this thing with these incredible AI pictures. I mean, it looks nice. Unless you look at the AI written words, and maybe that should have tipped the parents off. I mean, look at the actual text on the website. Cat. Cagating, <laughs> karchi tons, lollipops, a passa of sweet teats. <laughs> Who reads that and thinks, oh this this seems legit? I mean On the other hand, in Scotland that's just what English sounds like. So <laughs> finally, <laughs> let's move on to the political news and our ongoing coverage of Indecision 2024. Yesterday, my home state of Michigan held primary elections, but the big story was who Democrats didn't vote for.
2: This morning, President Biden and former President Trump coming off huge wins in Michigan, but it's these voters who shook up the Democratic primary.
4: If he doesn't get it together and change what he's doing, we will not vote for him in November.
2: Overnight, an extremely unusual watch party for voters who cast their ballots not for a candidate, but for uncommitted in protest of President Biden's handling of the Israel-Hamas war. The efforts organizers had set their goal at 10,000 votes. They got more than 10 times that.
1: Wow, 100,000 people went outside in Michigan in February to say they don't like you. That is a lot of commitment to uncommitment. Reminds me of my single years. How, how,
2: how.
1: Anyways, it's horrible what's happening in the Middle East. (laughs) And ceasefire supporters are sending Joe Biden a strong message that if he doesn't push for an end to the war, they won't vote for him. And I'm glad I'm glad they're making their voices heard. This is how you get attention of politicians. You threaten to kick them out of office if they don't listen to you. Of course, in this particular situation, the guy who would take his place is Trump. Not only is he not sympathetic to your cause, he said he's going to add Gazans to the Muslim ban. It's like convincing your sister to break up with that guy who's no good for her, and then the next Christmas she shows up with Pennywise, you know? (laughs) He's got kids in the sewer. That's a a red flag, sis. For more on the Michigan primary, let's go live to the state capitol with our own Jordan Klepper.
3: What's your take, what's your take here? Well, Michael, I can speak to the feeling over here because I'm actually a Michigan native myself. Uh, Michigander, if you will.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Same here. Where are you on the hand? Uh, over here on the
3: western palm. Oh, interesting. I'm just a little southeast of the thumb. Oh. You simple, stupid thumb folk. <laughs> I had no idea. Must have been wild cutting class to snort car grease in that abandoned Pontiac factory. All right, okay.
1: Like you guys had it so good in the West selling tulip bulbs so you could buy tickets to minor league West Michigan white cap games.
3: You take the name of the West Michigan white caps out your mouth,
1: dumb boy. Okay, okay, let's look, look, Jordan, let's put our obviously universal Michigan references aside for the moment and focus in on the primary. It seems like a lot of Democrats expressed dissatisfaction yesterday.
3: True, Michael. But that embodies the beauty of our democracy. No matter who you are or where you come from, in our country, you will be heard, as long as you live in a swing state.
2: Just
3: Just
1: the swing states? That's only, like, 10 states?
3: Not at all. Five, max. Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, sometimes Arizona everything else might as well be Canada. Okay, well, what about people who live in New York? They can shut the f*** up. Oh. No one gives a shit what those people think. Okay, I, okay I, I, I see what
1: you're saying. So really, we, Michiganders, hold a lot of power, whether we come from the East or the vastly inferior dim-witted pea-brained
3: West. Yes, even you, the bizarro Eastern Michigan Jordan Klepper with worse hair and a strangely smaller forehead has, has power. The point is we've got the Democrats by the balls and we need to squeeze them like sweet Michigan cherries for everything we want. I like that. Yeah, like peace in the Middle East. Yeah, sure, that can be part of it, but also (laughs) we need to build a wall on the Ohio border. (laughs) Keep the Buckeyes out. I love this. We we could put Eminem on the Supreme Court. Yes. We'll need like a federal holiday for Jeff Daniels' birthday and, Retroactively make the Lions this year's Super Bowl champions. Yep, yeah, yeah. I don't know how Biden does that, but that's his problem, not ours. Um,
1: Yep, we could uh, could declare lakes
3: are better than oceans. Yeah, and Lake Michigan is obviously the best lake. I think you mean Lake Huron. I wouldn't be caught dead in that pill-infested sludge pool you call a lake. (laughs) Lake Michigan is clearly superior.
1: Lake Superior is
3: superior
1: you, you moron, you're as useless as Ohio State's defensive line
3: You're not wrong about that, f*** the Buckeyes Ab-
1: Absolutely f*** the Buckeyes Jordan Clepper, yeah. everybody, yeah. good guy When we come back, we'll take a look inside our leader's brains Don't go away
2: Love the Daily Show Ears Edition? Then help us get to know you so we can keep creating the content you love. Go to cohst.app/tds or click the link in this episode's show notes to fill out a quick 2-minute survey and tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: today. One week after turning 82, Mitch McConnell, the longest serving Senate leader in U.S. history, unfroze long enough to make a big
2: announcement.
3: We have some breaking news from Capitol Hill to tell you about. Senator Mitch McConnell says he will step down from his position as Republican leader come November. McConnell is the longest serving Senate leader in history.
4: One of life's most underappreciated
3: talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter <laughs> ne- next chapter
1: um, i don't think there's that much left in the book my friend i think you're looking at the acknowledgments page right now but yes this is the end of mitch's reign in the senate and in honor of all that he's done to stop mass shootings there will be a 21-gun salute at an elementary school later this month <laughs> But this does raise a question. How do aging politicians know whether they still have it together enough to keep doing their jobs? Well, we found the doctor who lets them all know.
4: Take a look. Chuck Grassley turned 90 years old. America's ruling class is composed mostly of old people that work tirelessly to ensure our country is running at full speed. Good morning, Sunday morning. But despite them passing a full yearly medical exam, some people wonder, who is the doctor evaluating the mental fitness of America's top leaders? Let's put it this way, he has two thumbs. My name is Dr. Dennis Lowry-Stein, and I am the U.S. government's chief neurologist. It's my job to evaluate our leaders' brains. And the good news is, they're all perfect. Let's take a look at President Biden.
2: America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping.
4: That's amazing. His brain is switching languages mid-sentence. That is muy bueno. Or should I say muy bueno? As someone who suffered from multiple brain injuries myself, I know just how important mental health is. And I know that because I've suffered from many brain injuries myself. I came here for my leg. Okay, Senator McConnell. I'm just going to ask you a few questions to check the old noggin. Okay. What is this a picture of? Yeah, I guess it does kind of make you think. Good insight, Senator. I'm going to clear you for another six years. I check every part of the brain. Portside, the mezuzah, Einstein's taint, and the Lisa Loeb. The back. How did I get this job? Well, I'm Nancy Pelosi's nephew. I mean, I'm not, but she thinks I am, so. I haven't personally met all my patients, but you don't have to. Neurology is something you can just kind of eyeball.
3: Five minutes later, and they say, go back to that, they don't tell you this. Go back to that question and repeat them, can you do it? And you go, person, woman, man, camera, TV.
4: More words than I know. The best part of my job is reassuring the public that their leaders are okay. No, wait, the best part is writing my own prescriptions, but after that, reassuring the public.
2: I know a a lot of you
4: have expressed concerns for the senator's well-being, but I have his test results right here, 100%. That's what he said when I asked him what year it was. And you know what? To me, that's close enough. Bottom line: if you were worried about the mental faculties of our highest-ranking officials, just remember, you've got a professional making sure everything is okay. Yes, hi. I just wanted to inform Senator Feinstein that her brain is cleared for another term. Oh, she did. No, no, that doesn't change my diagnosis at all. You have a good day. When
1: we come back, Sloan Crosby will be joining me on the show. Don't go away.
2: Love the Daily Show Ears Edition? Then help us get to know you so we can keep creating the content you love. Go to cohst.app tds or click the link in this episode's show notes to fill out a quick two-minute survey and tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight... Is a best-selling author whose new book is called Grief is for People. Please welcome Sloan Crosley.
0: Sloan. All right. Huh? Hi. Hello. How you feeling? I feel pretty really great. How do you feel?
1: I feel great. I'm excited to talk me. with you. Yeah. Uh, this book is beautiful and wonderful. You write before this book a lot of essays involving humor. This is a memoir involving loss and grief yes. with a lot of humor in it. Yes. I, I laugh, but how do you strike that balance between grief? And laughing,
0: I know. I can't yeah, believe I'm here talking yeah. about the sad book. Yeah, no, I I think that uh, the sort of topography of grief that everyone experiences, the people you miss, you miss because they're so specific. Yeah, and in this case, the person I miss was very dark and very funny. Yeah, um, and so you have both my cylinder of humor going and his going at the same time.
1: Um, you mention Russell, mm-hmm. but really, when you start this book, it's about being burglarized
0: I know so many bad things so many bad
1: things happen again (laughs) there's a lot of laughing there is a lot of laughing (laughs) for real for real I mean but uh one of the most interesting parts of the book is how it turns and tell me a little bit about you know how you approach that from being robbed to then this next bad thing that happened.
0: Yeah, so basically in uh, June, um, on June 27th of 2019, I left my apartment for one hour. Um, to get a hand x-ray, so I took all my rings off. Right. I mean, what are you gonna do? Um, And came home to find all my jewelry uh, gone, burglarized. Um, And not particularly flashy, just gone. And then a month later, uh, my dearest friend unfortunately died by suicide. So uh, that first loss obviously became the sort of more minor precursor to the second loss. Um, But I, uh, as a human being, I am deeply unlucky. But okay. as a, in this case, I am, yeah. but as a writer of this book, I knew this is a suspenseful story about grief and it's right. a funny story about grief. And I don't think you get a lot of those, so.
1: Yeah. And it's easy to grieve at first for these yes. items. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you have I mean, been, it, sucked. it sucks. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, I, we had some winter coats stolen. And I'm almost embarrassed. We winter coat stolen. Yeah, we had winter coat stolen. I'm, I'm so almost sorry. That's for your okay. Loss. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It is hu- humorous in a way, but also you feel violated. Yes. You feel mad. Yes. And then as soon as anything real happens, you go. Yes. That's the important thing.
0: Yes. Well, it's yeah. also the need. Na- the only commonality that these two losses have is the sudden nature of them. Yeah. It just felt like a real uh, demarcation of before and after, which you don't always get with yeah. grief.
1: Tell me about Russell. You tell a lot of, in Lightly. the book but
0: on national television yeah, please. Glad share, to, share like please share share Russell. Just like anyone us. would about their friend. Yeah. So I used to work in book publishing. Um, he hired me. I worked for him for ten years. He was a wildly generous, funny, brilliant, yeah. brilliant um, publicist and Deeply inappropriate. I'm really hesitant to uh, repeat some of the lines in the book.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, he fits sort of less and less, I think, in a world that he had helped built in a way. And part of the challenge of this book was how to memorialize and pay tribute to someone like that without sounding like, a frustrated septuagenarian white man who's like, it's just not the same. So right, was, right. You know, the world he, has changed. The world has changed. Yeah. But um, he was just a, just a wonderful, uh, well-read uh, human being who really was almost like, you know, he's my partner in crime. Yeah. I, I felt I, like that. People have that with work relationships and friends.
1: I love when you talk about some of his... Quote unquote offensive, whatever they were, remarks, actions. I mean, he sent you an email once as your cat or something? Is that oh, yeah, it was that what yeah. Yeah. yeah, the whole account. Yeah, the whole account. Yeah, it would
0: say, like, um, mommy, why are you wearing the same thing you wore yesterday? Right. Um, <laughs> mommy, why didn't you come home last night? Right. This is my boss, just so no, that's, that's so clear. awesome. I mean, but I, also, like, my dear, wonderful friend.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> what HR doesn't get is. Won't we'll kill them. Right. Well, it's 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 <laughs> when someone is gone, it's these yeah. hilarious, sometimes they yeah. cross the line moments that we think about and we laugh about.
0: Yes. And now having said that, I'm not trying to be permissive over some of the behavior sure. that he sure. exhibited. It, sure. But also it didn't come, <laughs> those things that we're talking about yeah. didn't, uh, they weren't attached to, you know, sort of abuses of power or lording sex over people or anything like that. He fought for everyone's raises, you know. Right.
1: You talk about uh, lack of self-help books or grieving groups for loss of a
0: friend. Yes. Why is that? Well, I would say, it's not like anyone was trying to take my grief away from me. You know, nobody was like, well, you don't get to grieve too bad.
2: Just a friend. Yeah, you don't get to do that.
0: Sit in the corner. Um, No, but it just felt like the structure of Life of the self-help books, of um, the Internet, is very much loss of a spouse, loss of a child, yeah. God forbid. Yeah. Um, you know, loss of a parent. Um, and so in addition to being so confused and hurt by his death, I had this sort of extra patina of thinking, do I ever write to this? How much... Right. Of, I'm trying right. to get purchase on it. How much of it right. is mine? And um, turns out about 200 pages worth is, yeah. is mine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. It's, it can feel very serious, but there's humor. And are you looking for the humor, or are you a person who writes your truth, the world you're right. in, and humor's there? Uh, this whole thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. that whole thing. yeah.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it is. the truth is, is I have I'm always been. I'm asking not writer. for them
1: because I'm curious. Yeah. Because it's like, do you try yeah, to be not funny? For them. Yeah, not for them. <laughs> uh, do you try to be funny in this serious situation? Uh, no. Okay.
0: No, I don't. Yeah. I think that what I have, and what I imagine you have as well, in replace of poetry maybe. Um, are analogies and observations yeah. and sort of this abject as- exasperation at the world, and that's yeah. how I see and describe the world. Yeah. Um, so the humor, you know, in my more traditional humor essays, there's a better sort of alignment, I suppose, between the topic and how I'm telling the story. With a grief book, I think it hopefully gives the book more texture and or will offend massive amounts of people. No,
1: it won't. It's not. It's, it's, okay. it's, an, it's an excellent <laughs> read. Why are... Why are we afraid to say grief? Why are we afraid to talk about it? I find talking about death, especially North American culture, it's like, keep it down. Yep. Um why? Tell me the answer to this existential question. Oh, that yes, I am... That's why you're here. I I'm
2: specifically... On yeah. No, but
1: you have a good input on... You yeah. have a good thought on...
0: Uh, on how to speak to people who yeah. are grieving. or yeah. So I,
1: I... And why, sorry, on why it is that we talk about it so little. Why is there a yeah. little bit of an air right now?
0: A squeamishness.
1: Because there's grief and there's sadness. Well, and
0: especially this. The, kind of, the kind of death this is is yeah. very scary. Yeah. When we say... We don't necessarily say... Your cancer, ah cancer. Would you say our suicide or your suicide, his right. suicide? It, it's right. like we give it. It's like hot coal, and we give it back to the the dead person as fast as right. we possibly can. Right. And I think because we're frightened for ourselves as we well should be. Yeah. But I think the only way around that is to discuss it yeah. more and yeah. to talk about it and to be asked questions about it. Yeah. Um, you know, in the wake of Russell's death, people would often say, "Did you know?" Right. which I personally don't have the best reaction to because right. I don't know if it's for me or for him. Yeah. Um, but what, I like what, to talk what, about what it.
1: What should you say?
0: Well, I mean, first of all, you should say whatever the hell you want to say. Right. <laughs> as long as it's... I'm not trying to police people's right. um, reaction to grief as long as it's authentic and yeah. it's sincere and yeah. not just sort of rubbernecking at a horror story right. and using your right. you know, grief for this. I think you should just go with declarative statements. Yeah. I, you did. In the way did? you Well, sort of. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where you said, you know, you said, tell me about him. Right. I wish I knew him. Right. He must have been wonderful. What yeah. a big life that's more than this one moment.
1: That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I've heard you say part of grief is becoming on the side of the living once again. <laughs> Explain that to me.
0: Um, well, if you've ever grieved someone, you know that especially right away, there's this sort of almost embarrassing thing I felt, which is I was receiving all of these wonderful condolences and I felt like I was ill-equipped or did not have the shelving to accept them because everybody had committed the sin of not being able to bring my friend back. And I just wanted to do whatever he wanted to do. So we had a memorial service. I I turned into what I call in the book a funeralzilla (laughs) Right. <laughs> Where I was just like, is it hard to shut down Fifth Avenue for an hour? Right. Maybe we should, right. why are these programs not bound with ribbon? Right. Where is the gold, le-? you know? And I'm like, okay, somebody needed to sort of pull me aside and yeah. say, yeah. you know, he's not going to be going to the memorial yeah. service. It's- and honestly, at that moment, no, I did not know that.
1: Right. So is it like changing that focus to back to yeah. present tense? Yeah. Yes. And I'd also changing
0: to what he would want. Yeah. Do you know, because again, yeah. um, even and especially with someone who dies by suicide, they are more than their last act of free will. Yeah. And we had an entire friendship, and an entire life together, where I know that he wanted more from me than to just focus on him.
1: Yeah. It's a beautiful book. You will laugh. You will think. I <laughs> promise you. But it's also a tribute to your friend Russell. Thank you for chatting with us very much. I appreciate a it. Uh Grief is grief is for people. Is available now. Sloan Crosley, everybody, and we're going
3: to take a quick break. Thank you.
2: Thank you so love the Daily Show Ears Edition? Then help us get to know you so we can keep creating the content you love. Go to cohst.app/tds or click the link in this episode's show notes to fill out a quick two-minute survey and tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: My blood type is very negative. That's, that's his problem. So I don't know what to do. Even like, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, even phone sex. I, ha- I tried it once. I got an ear infection. Is that good, George? So because of that, I'm so frightened of getting close to somebody. I, I, I have this fear of intimacy. And the best I can say to anybody now while I'm making love is, I love you, ladies and gentlemen. That's the best I can say. And I love all of you and you. You're the king. I'm I'm flattered to be here.
2: Explore more shows from the Daily Show Podcast universe by searching The Daily Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central, and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+.
1: This has been a Comedy Central
2: podcast.
1: Survivor's back, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladaris. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.